Hi, we are here with Halsey today. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about your music and your beauty businesses. Thank you for having me. I want to start with your music career though. You are an award-winning musician, a Grammy nominee. Walk me through what it was like to realize that you could sing and act at a young age. Oh my goodness. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's funny listening to you say all of those things. I'm kind of like, uh, oh yeah, gosh, that is a lot of stuff, huh? I'm like, maybe that's why I'm tired all the time. Um, I was just having this conversation with, uh, with one of my good friends yesterday, actually. And I was uh, telling her, I was like, I remember the first time someone ever told me that I had a nice voice. Um, I think that's one of those memories that kind of like stays with you, especially when it ends up becoming, you know, part of your line of work. And um, I was in like in the car, I was singing along to probably an Avril Lavigne song, because that's the era, right, um, on the radio. And my mom turned to my father and said, Chris, listen to her. And my dad was like, what? And she was like, she's good. And I just remember, you know, the way that felt and how proud I felt in that moment, um, I think kind of spawned me f having the bravery to, to try to sing out loud, to not be embarrassed. Um, naturally, when you become a teenager, that all walks completely back because you become embarrassed of literally everything. Um, and that's really when I started writing. Because I, singing then became a more private thing for me. So I was in my bedroom kind of like writing songs and, you know, performing them quietly with my little brothers like screaming down the hallway like, shut up, you suck. Um, as little brothers do. Yep, I have two little brothers, so yeah. I get it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they were like my biggest fans now, so it's great. But um, I wanted to be a painter. That was my dream profession. Uh, music was a hobby. And um, after high school, I, you know, I was an AP student, and I was yearbook editor, and uh, I was in a bunch of extracurriculars, and you know, I um, intended to go to uh, like a pretty, I guess, a, a pretty like acclaimed university. And uh, I was 17 when I graduated high school, and found out that uh, I could not afford to go. Um, which was something I knew. It wasn't a surprise to me that my parents, you know, didn't have uh, a lot of money at all. But being 17, I couldn't really apply for loans or I couldn't really take matters into my own hands. And uh, I was really frustrated because everyone had told me my whole life, you know, if you take these classes, you get good grades, you do these things, you'll go to a good college, et cetera, et cetera. And that was like life kind of hitting me in the face of like, it doesn't go that way sometimes. Right. And that was my big moment of like, well, what do you mean I did everything right? And so from that moment forward, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do everything wrong because doing everything right doesn't matter. So I moved to New York. I didn't go to college at all. And then uh, I started making music. And I just sort of never looked back. Yeah. It was uh, a very impulsive career choice. But it just, I was receiving such positivity and so many opportunities were snowballing from it that there it would have been crazy to not keep going. Definitely. Know? And it's one thing to have music as a hobby and as something that you do, you know, in, in private or for in your sure. own time. It's another thing to realize, like, this is a viable career option for me. It's a business yeah. that I can build for myself. So when did you first realize, when did that click, that this could be a viable and long career? You know, I want to tell you it was when I signed my record deal because that was the largest amount of money that I had ever been paid for my work, like, at any given time. Um, and I think it was that. I think because I had uh, some really, really 
uh, important people in my life who made a distinction to me early on that became paramount in the way that I perceived, you know, being an entrepreneur who's also an artist and is dealing with like, you know, spiritual, personal, abstract material in a sense. Um, and it was when I received my record deal and I was like, wow, I can't believe, you know, they're giving me so much money. And somebody was like, they're not giving you money. They were like, they're lending you money, which is a big distinction. Um, and they're doing it in exchange for goods or a service. You are earning this with yeah. what you are, you know, what you're giving them to distribute. Um, and that distinction was really important to me, I think, because otherwise I, I, I find the lines do get blurred um, in my industry specifically. Um, where you have to remind yourself, because making music feels like fun. Yeah. You know, you don't realize that you're, all the time, that you're uh, you're getting paid in exchange for that that service or, or, or that those goods. And, and that was important to me because it allowed me to compartmentalize being an entrepreneur and being an artist. Right. And realizing that I wasn't an artist who became an entrepreneur and stopped being an artist. I was an artist who also then became additionally an entrepreneur, so I had to nurture the art part of me separately from that, that other part. Right, because those are yeah. business transactions along Absolutely, the way. Absolutely, yeah. So being an entrepreneur, you you know obviously have your musical career and your musical <laughs> brand, but you also ventured into other avenues of entrepreneurialism. You have a beauty brand now, About Face and AF94. Mm -hmm. Walk me through your decision to enter the beauty space specifically. You know, with your platform, you could have mm -hmm. gone, gone in many different directions. So why beauty? You know, I makeup has always been a really fundamental part of you know, what I do, it's obviously, uh, it's a focus of so many elements of my career, whether it's like me getting on stage or doing a photo shoot or, you know, a music video, makeup, it says a lot. It, it describes an unspoken part of you and it defines the way you're presenting yourself, you know, to the world. And because people are so visual, even though they're receiving the music, they're also making assumptions or developing opinions kind of based on what you look like when you are presenting them the music. And it also affects the way that you feel when you're doing a performance. You know, there's a reason why makeup has like a long-standing history is being a part of like battle, theater, religion, ritual, um, because it really does have this transformative ability, not just from an optical point of view, but from like the person who's right. stepping into the makeup. Um, I do my own makeup. And I started doing my own makeup mostly out of necessity. My first um, record company was a boutique label from New York called Astroworks. And uh, their whole roster was DJs. It was like male electronic artists. Um, so that initial conversation was really funny when it started becoming like, yeah, I need styling. I need glam. I need this. And they were like, you have $20. <laughs> The, guy, the other guys are showing up with the USB in like the hoodie and doing the thing. Um, and that was like a moment where I realized I didn't have access to the same resources as some of my other peers, especially my female or like female presenting peers. And so I, um, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to fall behind. I just need to figure out how to do it myself. Um, and so I've always loved makeup, but that was when I had to get like uh, technical about yeah. it and I had to learn about 
the way that I was looking on a red carpet or on stage. And there was a lot of failures at first. Some photos I look back on and I'm like, oh dear, okay. Um, but then I found, you know, that I was taking kind of my skills as a painter, which is, you know, what I wanted to, to do with my life and applying them in this way. But most importantly, it was giving me control and autonomy over my face. Um, I had worked with makeup artists earlier in my career when those resources started coming in and I could actually afford one. And I just kept finding that I didn't look like myself. I didn't feel like myself, I didn't look like myself, and that really compromised me when I was going out and having to uh, bear myself in, in a way that I've promised will be authentic you know, to my audience. Um, so I just sort of took matters into my own hands and through that I just learned so much about it. Yeah. You know, like I just developed an encyclopedic knowledge um, of makeup because I've used it and sort of documented the way that certain products perform, certain ingredients perform under every possible, you know, scenario. Um, so with that being said, I was actually approached by um, the founders of Hard Candy which was one of my favorite makeup brands ever as a, as a kid because it was so brave mm -hmm. and it was kind of makeup for the alt kid mm -hmm. um, in a time where there wasn't really anything like it. And it just, we just felt like the perfect pairing to, to do this thing. Um, and I had a real motivation to make products, quite frankly, that would just work for me that I couldn't find on the market. You know, so that's come, kind of where some of our initial innovation comes from was just like personal need, personal necessity, again, necessity. Um, and it just felt like such a natural thing to do, you know? Yeah. It just really felt like a natural thing to do because um, it's just a, a deep love of mine. Yeah. Yeah. But in a product-based business where people are going to, you know, invest money into mm -hmm. what you're giving them and, and really put a lot of trust into yeah. you, I'm sure that you felt a lot of responsibility to like provide those offerings that you wish that you had, you know, yeah. growing up through your life and then through sure. the music career. What were some of the initial steps that you took to ensure that the ingredients were on par, that the branding was on par? You know, like mm -hmm. there are so many things that, that really, it, it, it takes so many things to build a business and build a brand that people resonate with. So what were some of those initial steps that you think were crucial? Well, I didn't sleep in the beginning, um, especially because I was simultaneously touring my third album while we were um, developing About Face and, uh, you know, I mean, to this day, and especially at the start when we were developing our initial product line before launch, um, I was meticulous about formula. Um, I review every formula, you know, past, it starts with the initial innovation, you know, which is like, I, I would like to see a product like this, or I would like to see this product, but see it function in this right. way. Um, then comes the formulas, they come back to me. And um, some of them are fast. Some of them are I'm like, I love this, this is incredible, let's get going. And then some of them take a little bit more time, you know. I kind of compare it to when I'm making a record and I do mixes, you know. Because mm -hmm. sometimes it's great, but there's like one little thing that's throwing it off. Yeah. So you have to send it back to the mixer and be like, ah, like, I don't know, is it the, is it the EQ, is it the drums, is it the this, you know, and the, the makeup process is really similar from, like, a formulaic perspective where it's, like, um, is there too much hyaluronic acid, you know, like, is it, uh, you know, is the product too viscous, um, 
is like the opacity of the pigment sort of not distributing properly, especially because we deal with you know vegan ingredients right. and all of them are clean as well. Um, so just really meticulously doing that and then also wearing the products over an extended period of time, not just testing them once, deciding I like it and sending it away, you know, seeing how does this work on stage when I'm sweating and I'm under the lights or, you know, how does this work, um, how does it photograph? Mm -hmm. You know, that was a big one, is how does it photograph? And spending real time with the products and making sure that I really loved them. Um, and then from that point, it comes my favorite part. Well, product development is definitely one of my favorite parts, but, you know, getting to play around with such a, a large catalog of items from a marketing perspective is really fun. I get to try a lot of ideas that don't necessarily make sense, like, you know, from the music point of view. Um, it's really, I think about, for me, about keeping a sense of fun about it. Um, feeling um, like hunger and gratitude, you know, wanting, well, feeling lucky that I get to do it, so making it fun, yeah. you know, inviting my, my friends over, most of them who work with me or work with About Face, and us just like, you know, having a glass of wine and like going through shade names and coming up with like the, you know, the most fun or silly or clever ones that we can. Um, but I have a real, uh, I think, protective mentality over it because I know the market is so oversaturated. Right. So it's really important to me that everything has my personal DNA on it and also that it feels, uh, it feels like there's a purpose or a reason rather than why are we just making more products in a, in a world where there's already so many of these products. Is like, you know, it has to have a, a singular identity kind of. Definitely. And I want to talk about the clean aspect of mm -hmm. the brand because I think yeah. that is something that is identifiable with mm -hmm. About Face. What are some of the steps that you have to ensure are checked off or that you go through to make sure that every product is clean? What does clean mean to About Face and AF94? What are the metrics that you really are basing that off of? There's a standard, you know, so there's like a, basically a, uh, a, a large um, database mm -hmm. of of products that have been, or ingredients rather, that have been tested and, and proven, you know, to um, to be clean. It's difficult when you start crossing into. It's, it's funny. It's a lot. It's a lot like. Um, it's a lot like uh, um, like print media, mm -hmm. you know, where it's difficult when you start crossing into how does it react with the particular individual sensitivity, you know. Um, but generally speaking, um, everything is, is tested against that, that database to make sure it's not including any uh, previously recognized, yeah. you know, reactive ingredients. Um, and then in addition to that, there are, you know, other just kind of baseline safety uh, laws in place. You know, a lot of our products, we use vegan pigments in the eyes, but then we have to be sure that that vegan pigment passes the ocular test, meaning that it's safe for the eyes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really just about finding the right balance. Um, our product development team is exceptional. They are just the best. Like, I just get so excited um, to talk to them every time I get the chance to. So from a, a grander point of view, it's it's being tested, and there's also like you know some authorities in place for that. Like there's a really great website actually that has uh, you can type in a product and it'll tell you like 
on a scale of one to ten, basically how clean something is, because it's not so black and white. Right. It's usually just, you know. But for us, we want to be pretty high up on that um, that clean barometer. And it was really important to me because I I have an autoimmune disease, so my skin is really reactive, and uh, it's certainly wonderful to be able to wear products to make products that I can actually wear. Totally. You know. Um, so this is a little bit of anecdotal, I think, experience in that in that um, in addition to you know the the industry standard. Definitely. Yeah. And my last question I have for you is, what is next for you? Do you have any big plans with the beauty brands, with other entrepreneurial ventures, with your music? I would love to know what you're looking forward to in the next couple of months or year. Oh my gosh. I, uh, let me tell you, <laughs> I am doing a lot of things right now. And because of the gestational period of some of the particular industries that I'm like a part of, it's just the worst because I just want everyone to know and have it and experience it right away. Um, so the wait time is just really torturous. It, it is. Um, and I find especially as, you know, as my career grows um, and sort of the magnitude of the things I'm working on grow, that wait time just gets longer and longer because there's so many moving parts and you know, there's so many details to the execution. I'm definitely working on music, but I'm kind of always working on music. But uh, Right now, I'm working on music uh, intentionally, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, About Face has um, a ton of really, really exciting launches coming in the next year, and some retail expansion. Uh, same for AF94. Um, I'm raising my son, which is amazing. He uh, just turned two a couple months ago, um, so I'm navigating that and. Uh, having the pleasure of like inviting him into some of these worlds, you know? He's starting to really express an interest in music and he loves makeup. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, he just loves it. And you know, it's funny uh, from a nature versus nurture perspective, I guess. <laughs> I was always kind of wondering, I was like, oh, does he love makeup because I do? Or, And then I realized that just, I worked as soon as I, pretty much as soon as I gave birth, I was right back to working. So he spent the first like year of his life like in my arms while I was doing my makeup with one hand so like Second naturally nature, yeah so naturally yeah. he's interested <laughs> in it um, but he was doing my makeup the other day and like I said he's two and he's putting highlighter on me and he did my cheeks and he stopped and looked at me and went to just do the tip of my nose he knows and I was like that's a trick how do you know that I was like that's a trick professionals use I was like yeah you're genius makeup genius um, yeah really I think just trying to uh, continue all the amazing pro um, projects that I have going right now and integrating all that into into motherhood and enjoying the last year of my 20s yes. you know I got one year left until I start the big the big 30 um, but I'm looking forward to being the baby of a decade yeah you know I'm the grandma of a decade right now <laughs> I can't wait to go be the baby of the next one um, and see all that has to offer me and uh, I think uh, I started doing this when I was 18. Um, and I felt so old at the time. And I've been doing it for over a decade now. Um, so sometimes I just feel ancient. Um, and I realized, I think, this past year just how young I really am. Um, and that I have such a, such a long runway in front of me to try new things and explore different things. And, uh, I'm gonna try them all because I, I wasn't supposed to. I, I don't think that I was really supposed to be here. You know what I mean? I kind of have that that thing a little bit where I look around the room and I'm like, oh gosh, this is a total is a total glitch. They let me get this far. <laughs> so while I'm here, I'm just gonna try to cause as much trouble as I possibly can and do as much 
you know, fun, amazing stuff with the with the opportunity. Yeah, well, yeah. you're here, you're doing amazing things, and I'm so thankful that you sat down with me to talk today. Oh, we can't you. wait to see everything that's coming and, you know, on your horizon, so thank you so much. Of course, thank you.